In the fall of 2000, I had the opportunity to take a New Testament introduction course with uh, Dr. Joel Green here at Asbury Seminary. And one of Dr. Green's early assignments for us was to take a, a close look at the opening materials of Mark's Gospel, specifically the verse, first 20 verses or so, and to, to determine where, if anywhere, Mark might be providing some closure to an introduction. Well, after having read that several times, I concluded that Mark ended his introduction with verse 15. And I've had the occasion to think about that over the last 10 or 12 years. What's interesting to me about this passage uh, is the way it functions and the way it has a distinctive form that gives it all the elements of a prologue, which is to say that it introduces Mark's gospel by giving us a preview of coming attractions, so to speak. Uh, what is it Mark wants to talk about? We look at his introduction and we get uh, an early introduction to those ideas. Well, it seems that Mark begins his introduction first with a title in verse 1, and then by a foray into Old Testament scripture, specifically Old Testament prophecy, where we hear ascribed to the voice of Isaiah a prophetic utterance, Behold, I am sending my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. Uh, as a voice of one crying in the wilderness, uh, make straight the paths of the Lord in the, in the desert, something to that effect. Well, what's interesting to me about that is that sort of encapsulates the whole of Isaiah's message insofar as there's one who is anticipated to come as a forerunner to the eventual advent of the Messiah. And we find this summary statement in verses 2 and 3. Then as we move forward, we actually are introduced to the forerunner himself, John the Baptist, who was then given a summary statement of sorts uh, by Mark in verses 7 and 8, where John is reported as having said something like, um, there's one coming after me who's stronger than me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and untie his shoes. Whereas I baptized you all with water, he's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit. So now we have a more imminent and a second summary statement that's leading up to the climax of Jesus. And it's in verse 15 that Mark gives us his first words of Jesus. Uh, but not until we see the dramatic account of both Jesus' uh, baptism in the Jordan River and his temptation, his temptation in the wilderness. So following on the heels of these dramatic scenes, the introduction climaxes with Mark's first words of Jesus, uh, the time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God has approached. Repent and believe in the gospel. I think it's fair to say that this verse, this summary statement in verse 15 ascribed to Jesus really sets the stage for the whole of Mark's gospel and serves in some way as a thesis for Mark's gospel. The essential message of Jesus is con contained in this compact little statement. Uh, the first two uh, statements have to do with uh, declaration. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has approached. What we notice is a terminus to this period of expectancy. So Mark's creating a tra trajectory that begins at verse 2 and it culminates in verse 15. Uh, the perfect tense forms of those two Greek verbs that give us in English has been fulfilled and has approached suggests that the present moment is in some way shaped by or impacted by the prior events that have been unfolding. Now this leads us to the next part of Jesus' opening statement, which has everything to do with a response. Jesus says, uh, in effect, therefore, you are to repent and you are to believe in the gospel. 
Well, I think if we were to survey a random sampling of our parishioners on any given Sunday morning and ask them, what do those words mean, to repent and to believe? I think essentially they'd say something like this. Well, um, to repent means to change your way of, of acting, clean up your act, stop doing the bad stuff, and to believe means to have faith, to believe that Jesus is who He said He was and to accept Him as our Lord and Savior and to enjoy the benefits of the promise of eternal security. Is there anything wrong with this understanding? Well, not necessarily, but does this tell the whole story? Well, if we were to consult a lexicon for the meanings of words like to repent and to believe, metanaeo, and the following word, pistuo, for example, for metanaeo, we're going to find a couple of options. One of those is to change one's mind. Another understanding is to feel remorse, to repent, or to be converted. What's interesting to me is that this word seems to have a much more cognitive sense to it in terms of the way we think, more so than it has a volitional sense in terms of the way we act. In the same way, if we look at pistuo, the word that's translated as to believe, this seems to have more of a volitional sense to it than it does a cognitive sense. For example, the definitions given in the lexicon for pistuo are to consider something to be true and therefore worthy of one's trust, or simply to entrust oneself to an entity in complete confidence. This has a very cognitive sense. And so, in effect, I think what we would find is that our common understandings of these words are really almost backwards from what they're really conveying. The idea that repentance is a brainwashing of sorts. It's an abandoning of old and false allegiances, a cleansing of the mind, one might say. And belief is confident trust. It's willing to act in light of what one thinks. So I, as I come to a close here, I'm just going to challenge us to really ask ourselves, what does it mean to repent in our own context? What does it mean to surrender the, surrender the kinds of allegiances that we have? Is our allegiance to God exclusive as Jesus demanded, or is it simply primary amid a host of competing and alternative allegiances? And how are we willing to respond to this commitment to Christ? Do our actions indicate that we really believe this stuff? Are we willing to play by God's rules and enjoy His blessings as a result of that? Here's my challenge. Ask yourself this question, where is your allegiance the next time you swipe your credit card?